let's do a podcast I suppose. Welcome to the Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind the Witcher games, show, and books. Hello, Witcher friends, and welcome to the Witcher Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and I'm here, as usual, with my good buddy, Toasty. Toasty, what's going on today, bud? How's it going? How's it going? We've got some schools to talk about, and we've already burned our way through. Oh, that's a little bit rough. Some of the schools actually do get burned um, through a, yes. a few of the schools. Yes, they do. We are <laughs> we are now up to the school of the cat, and there's a lot of info about the school of the cat. Some of them we don't have as much info about, but the school of the cat, there's a bunch of info. So we should probably get right to the deets on this one. Toasty, where do we start with the School of the Cat? Well, like all things, Tom, we start at the beginning. Oh, that's probably well, a good the idea. Origin the origin of the School of the Cat. So the earliest witchers that we see for the School of the Cat um, can be seen as spiritual ancestors were the group of between 15 to 20 members of the Order of the Witchers. And like we've talked about in the past, Order of the Witchers... You know, glory days didn't work out. <laughs> glory days. Following the unrest caused by Arnegad's violence and the subsequent formation of the School of the Bear and Viper, disputes arose in the order concerning what exactly constituted the basis and code of the Witcher profession. Mm -hmm. The group of over a dozen young order members believed that they could positively expand on the mutation process and build a better order on their own. So they left Morgreg Castle in the dead of night, stealing a significant collection of mutagenic compounds and alchemical tools. So they were like, <laughs> we are the better scientists. We will take these to our new secret fortress. Did they talk like that too? Probably. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. That's my new headcanon is that they, they talk like that. Okay. I mean, there's nothing to say that they didn't talk like that. So, so, so they did. All right, yeah. I hope our Talsorian um, is listening and they hire me to write stuff for the school of the cat because they will all be mad German scientists with bad accents. Oh dear. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, that's, I'm going to move on. <laughs> the group reportedly already under the symbol of the cat established its seat in Sticka Castle in the remote mountain chain in Ebbing. Upon its emergence, it was obvious that the school of the cat was not a mere training facility, but a significant piece of the local political scene. In order to gain the favor of various rulers, the cats dropped the principle of witcher neutrality and began working as spies, assassins, and mercenaries. The school seemed to earn the respect of local common folk as well, their infamous reputation living on centuries after the school's collapse. So this is a very different tact than the other schools generally took, especially when mm -hmm. it came to neutrality. So they... Um, I mean, these they they basically became a part of the political landscape. Yeah, and they they said, you know, that all the other witchers refused to choose sides. Like, you know, later on when we see in like the big wars, the Nilfgaardian wars and things, like the witchers, Geralt specifically, he doesn't choose a side. He only does what he has to do, but he doesn't like fight for anyone. And the cats were like, well. You know, we want money and respect from the rulers, so we'll we'll fight for you. We don't got a problem with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's a difficult thing because I mean, we talked a little bit about this on the last episode with Corey Pondsmith, but um, or Cody. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Cody. Oh, oh no, that happens in my head all the time. Um, uh, but we talked about this before. Not choosing a side is still kind of choosing a side. It still it forces you into certain political decisions inevitably um but it's it's a tricky thing it, it really is a tricky thing um but i'm sure that kind of forced them down certain political avenues also which led to certain issues i'm sure yeah and this obviously didn't pan out because um this is the witcher universe we're talking about nothing ever goes good <laughs> yeah so yeah the school success was only temporary the efforts at creating 
completely emotionless witchers went well at first as the first cats created at Stiga were nearly stripped of emotions. Mm. It was not enough for the mages, however, so they worked on a new process designed to dull the emotions of would-be witchers even more than usual. Apparently given free reign by the school's masters, the sorcerers caged a failed batch of students whose emotions were not dulled but enhanced and performed further tests including vivisections to derive a final solution i wonder if this is where the rumors come from that uh witchers in general have no emotions um Geralt talks about this a lot. He addresses this with people, you know, like they say that witchers don't have emotions. Like he'll reference this a lot, but clearly he does. Like yeah. he is, yeah. I mean, we clearly see, affected by things. Yeah. It's a, it's a I'm trying to think. I don't, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's a first, it's not a first person story like any of the books, but it's like the personal third person story where we actually get to look inside like Geralt's head and see what he's thinking about things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously he wouldn't be able to like love Jennifer or whoever, if he didn't have any emotions. Right. So, right. But he's also clearly affected. Like he, he, there are times where he goes out of his way to help somebody in need, or he, uh, he strays from the path <laughs> sometimes, uh, to do the heroic deed even when his he's you know like the moments where he drops the f-bomb and he goes fuck you know he just kind of like mm, because he knows that like he needs to step in and do the right thing because he can't help but do it and that's an emotional response that's not a rational response like the rational response would be like it's time for me to just get out of here save my butt and not get into any more trouble and not cause things that I'm going to regret, you know, but like sometimes he makes the emotional response and does the right thing and helps out the person in need. And then he knows he's going to regret it, but he does it anyway. You know, like that's an emotional response and he does it time and again. Um, yeah. He clearly has emotions and and strong emotions at times. Um, even the grumbling under his breath is an emotion, <laughs> you know, like it's not just good emotions that you were talking about, like the the feelings of regret and the feelings of like, oh, just leave me alone. Like that's an emotion. <laughs> yeah. So we move on into what could be considered the downfall. Uh, upon waking in a pile of discarded corpses, barely alive, a student named Gezras managed to crawl out and free those test subjects that remained alive miraculously managing to escape they found refuge among a local anc group those are elves by the way for those who aren't familiar um who provided them with a safe sanctuary from those who still sought to abolish their past mistakes in exchange gezras's group supported the elves in their guerrilla fights uh guerrilla as in like guerrilla warfare not mm-hmm. they didn't have they weren't they fighting, were fighting giant gorillas apes. together yeah, yeah. um <laughs> Cat assassins working for the elves only added to the already ill repute of feline witchers, increasingly notorious in royal circles. So, mm-hmm. uh, can, can we just take? Can you imagine like just waking up in a pile of dead bodies? Like, because that's what this dude—he woke up in a pile of dead bodies and he was like, "Man, I gotta get people. I gotta get these guys out of here. This is ridiculous." Like, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> no good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so because of this reputation, you know, elves working or witchers working with elves, they choosing a side essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so after a time, Kings and Queens began to take a serious caution, likely not aware of the schism. They started to plan the assault on Stigga. As the royal armies amassed, the Citadel was eventually infiltrated by Gezras's group who managed to slaughter the mages as they slept. After they left, the old cat witchers were alone to face the incoming forces. For three days, the blood-soaked slaughter persisted, but eventually every last defending witcher perished. Um, going back to the whole aligning themselves with the elves, that's a, that's a big plot development in The Witcher 2 with um you have the option in the witcher 2 that's one of the big 
dividing um, things that occurs in the game, and it actually changes a, an entire area of the game that you go to, and then you don't go somewhere else through the whole midsection of the game, is if you align yourself with the elves or the dwarves. Is that correct? It's been a while since I played this. Do you remember this part? It's been a while too. I yeah, be honest with you. I think <laughs> I think you you either align yourselves with the elves or with the, I believe it's the dwarves, and you end up experiencing one side of the conflict or the other, and um, that plays out differently through that section of the game, and then eventually the game kind of it kind of blossoms, it it, it splits and then comes back together. And you actually experience the game from one side of this conflict or the other, and then it returns back together and it kind of threads back to the final parts of the game. Um, but it, yeah, there's there's that whole scene with uh, what's his, his face? Um, I'm, I'm forgetting his name. The main elf guy who's the uh, like the freedom fighter. Uh, Vernon Roach. Thank you. Thank you, Ben of Tamaria, um, who kind of represents that like the elven freedom fighters the the elves that are out there in the wild who are who are doing this thing and Geralt basically has that option does he align himself with who is basically a political politically charged group and that group is standing up for the rights of the elves against if i if i'm correct and again it's been a while against the human um imperial types of forces in kingdoms and they they just want to be given their fair treatment and mm. you know as a player it's like well yeah you probably should be given your fair treatment but of, but they're also doing some very terrible things in order to be you know have to you know fend for themselves so that's that's something to be considering too so it's interesting i, I wonder if this was something that was um part uh i don't know considered in designing the, some of those quest lines well i mean we see in like the witcher games we see kind of like a mirror or like progression upon like stuff that's in the books yeah because i believe um i guess it's blood of elves i believe um that uh he where he meets up with uh yarpen zigrin mm -hmm. um where like they're traveling in a caravan and like there's these constant threats of like Skoyas Isle like raids and stuff and everyone's talking about it and like they basically Geralt's given the decision like you know does he remain neutral which is like what he tries to do or does he like if he remains neutral all the dwarves are going to get slaughtered or he can go fight the elves and that, that's what he ends up doing is he he protect he def protects the dwarves from the elves mm -hmm. and i think it's partially because siri made that decision and he was like i gotta protect siri but right right uh, maybe i'm misremembering maybe i'm misremembering maybe it was vernon roach <laughs> and it, vernon's not well, vernon elf. roach is the tamarian right he's he's the tamarian he's fighting against the uh yeah the others um maybe i'm misremembering that part but there is, I don't know, it's hard to remember. It's been a long time. So, yeah, uh, memories, brains. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> so after this uh, whole ordeal, slaughtering witchers, stories we've heard before with other schools as well. And that was kind of the thing with the wolf school, too. So uh, the surviving witchers led by Gesseras moved north recruiting renegades and badly mutated outcasts from other schools. They gathered together to form the Din Marv caravan and rejected the heritage of the early school's Stygian founders as the nomad witchers saw their beginning and Gezras's groups escape from the mages. Okay. Uh, so for years, they traveled as a troop of witchers and sold their skills to anyone who could pay for any job. Caravan stayed at numerous hiding places where the mutations were performed through warped experimental methods. The corrupt trials combined with aggressive disposition entrenched in adepts in various training camps slowly earned them the disdain of other schools. I'm wondering if they're, uh, if the likelihood of survival due to these different trials being and the trials being more severe in these ways, you know, like if it was harder for 
students to survive. I, I, I'm not entirely sure. Cause the thing is, is that I think, and we'll get to this later because this is like something cool that I found out while I was doing this is there's like a very interesting person later on. So I think that the mutagens are better. Like the goal was to make them better. And I think that they are in fact better, but I'm sure that the conditions and whatnot weren't optimal. So, right. Uh, ben of Tamiri reminds me, I, Ayurveth was the, the elf you could side with. That's what it was. It was Ayurveth or Vernon Roach, right? That was the, okay. It's, yeah, now it's coming back to me. Thank I'm you. I'm nodding. Thank you, Venom. Great podcast. Uh, yes. Wonderful thing, podcast. Sorry. Should have looked this up ahead of time. But it, sometimes <laughs> when you're in the middle of the podcast, it like things pop in your head and you're like, oh, yeah, there was a thing where like Geralt had to side, had the option to side with the elves. And that's kind of like this. Okay. So, all right, go ahead. Go ahead. Move on. Moving on, everyone. In the 1060s, the members of the School of the Cat aided a Lyran. I think I said that right in her rebellion against human rule. So helping elves again, uh, or at least I believe that's a elven name. It, does, elven. it does sound elven. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So they definitely side with the elves. I, I guess that's generally where their political siding with things kind of shook out. Mm -hmm. I mean, first they were like trying to help out like various rulers and things. And it was just this group of individuals, these like, uh, Gedras and his like small group of followers kind of made a bad reputation for the entire school in general, which resulted in the slaughter. So it wasn't, it was just him trying to avoid the other, like the bad part of the cat school, in his opinion, the ones that were like killing them with mutations. Right. Well, then we move on to a topic that we've talked to, talked to before when we did the wolf episode was uh, the tournament massacre situation at one point late in the late 12th century, Din Marv settled in Hirsch near the summer camp of the wolf school for some time after that, the schools of the wolf and of the cat were funded by Kaidwinian monarchs. The student exchanges took place and some older witchers befriended each other. However, however, <laughs> talking really, is hard. However, I don't know what I just said. However, a faction within the school centered around its leader, Trace or Tracea. I don't I mean, yeah, Trace. Uh, we'll go with that. Engaged in a plot against the wolves together with King Radowit II's mage, Astragaris. That's, that's an mage name if I've ever heard one. Astragaris, yes. Yeah. And this was. Uh, unbeknownst to other experienced school members such as Gooksart, Guzart, who was uh, Trace's second in command. Uh, Trace became convinced that if they helped the Kaidwinis to kill off the wolves, they would be given a special position within the new Witcher order under the king's commands. Guzart and others without the knowledge of the plot were arrested by Radowitz men so that Trace's faction could proceed. Right. We talked about this before a bit. Yes, and right, that was the start to my next sentence. <laughs> and as and as we've discussed, this led to the tournament massacre where the cats ambushed the wolves, slaughtering most of them. The cats were then double-crossed by Astragaris, who took advantage of the decreased number of cats to slaughter them as well. Right. It was it was kind of an opportune place to round up and get the the witchers all to fight against each other, weaken weakening both of the groups, and then get rid of a whole bunch of them. Yeah, I was a double cross with another double cross. So many double crosses. Yeah, double, triple cross. <laughs> we move into the 13th century as Guzart was released sometime later, which I think it's kind of odd. He slaughters all these other guys, but like they get released. So they get to live a little weird. Um, he was presumably the one to rebuild the school with the condition that royal money would never be given to them again. Those cats who took part in the plot were forever banned from entering Kaer Morin and other Witcher resting places, denying them a place to spend winters and warmth. Prior to 1272, soldiers took the caravan. As reported by Joel, Witchers Axel and Cedric were killed in the process with Schrodinger's fate unknown. This Schrodinger's is actually a Witcher cat. name. Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's cat is unknown. 
Yes. Yes. Oh, no. It's absolutely phenomenal. That's um, great. The school's final nail in the coffin came in 1274 when Alexander betrayed his fellow witchers, committing a murder and stealing the Grandmaster's diagrams. Hmm. And that leads to the School of the Cat, which has seemingly disbanded, but it is speculated that some of the cat witchers have started to return. I mean, well, you've got the Grandmaster's diagrams still in existence somewhere because they were stolen. Well, we'll get to that. So we're going to talk about that. Who knows? We're well, we, to, we actually do know. We do, oh, we do know. And we're going to get it. Don't, you're you're just, jumping you ahead of yourself. It. I was making it mysterious. And then you just I'm pretty spoiled. sure. Fine. Let's just, go to the, let's just go to the middle of the show then, Toasty. Very All well. Right, Tom. Let us get this over with. Something has infested my vineyard. Mm-hmm. Great. Let me go prepare my something oil then. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing. All right, fine. No, no mysteriousness. But we get to thank our patrons. Or wait, no, we don't have patrons yet. We get to that's that's all the other shows, but it's soon it's to be this works. show. It's in the works. It's in the works. We're we're in the process of putting a patron Patreon together. People have been asking for it. We've decided, okay, we're gonna put a Patreon together. We're going to give you guys the opportunity to help support the show and me and Toasty, and we're gonna give you different kinds of rewards and things that you get for helping to support the show and the opportunity to join us at the end of the month and talk about the Witcher. Talk about the games, the lore, the books that you've read. And the TV shows and the things after those come out, we can discuss what we think about the shows, what we think is going to come out for the next seasons, all that stuff. So stay tuned for that. We should have all that up and ready by next week. When this when this goes live, we will let you know. So stay tuned for that. Also, we've got some new reviews, which I am pulling up right now. And Toasty, is there anything else you want to add while I pull this up? Anything else you want to say? Um. No, um, just, no. Um, just, um, <laughs> is, is, is you want me to talk about the next part while you're pulling it up? <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm good. All right. So here we go. We've got, uh, one new one, I believe, I believe this is the only one we haven't talked about, this is from default. I don't think we talked about oh, this maybe one. We, maybe we did. Maybe we did. Did we not have any? The bed po- best podcast got- around. Did we talk about this one? This show in the cyberpunk lore cast make me excited to commute to and from work. I started reading the books because of this show. Did we talk about this one? I think we did. I think, I think we did. Do we thanks, have any, again, any international ones? Uh, or maybe people are just rating. I'm sorry. No, but no, we might have gotten okay. some new ratings. The only ones that okay. are that are new uh, reviews are these ones. That's the most recent one. But uh, thanks again, default. <laughs> so, all right. But we do have some uh, uh, new uh, some new stuff to talk about when it comes to the trailer for Nightmare of the Wolf. Because yeah, so yeah, for I, anyone not aware. Uh, we got the official trailer 
for Nightmare of the Wolf today. And I wasn't out. I wasn't aware until like two minutes before we started the podcast because it came out like 11 hours ago and I didn't see it pop up in my news feeds or my Twitter feed or any of that stuff. And Toasty was like, hey, Tom, you got to check out the new trailer before we do the show. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, yeah. the other's new trailer. And I'm like, I this didn't see a new trailer. Every time. This happens every time. This happens every time. Before we before we start the show, you're like, there's a new thing. What? I know, so. how, my Twitter feed is failing me when it comes to Witcher stuff. I'm just not. Listen, I like retweeted like five things around how that trailer I, today. I'm on Twitter all day, all freaking day long. And for how, somehow I'm not seeing that. Like I'm scrolling through it right now. I'm looking through it. There's like Fallout stuff, there's Mass Effect stuff. There's memes from the office. There's uh, a Ryzen CPU. There's more computer stuff. Hellblade. The Olympics, uh, sci-fi things, uh, comic books, the Lakers. I don't even like basketball. <laughs> I don't see anything from The Witcher. I need to follow well, more Witcher accounts. I don't. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Yes. What's wrong uh, with me? Well, all right, it's all right. Let's talk about this. All right. So I, I mean, it was okay. First off, it was like a super cool trailer. Like, I, I mean, we get to see a whole lot of like the animation style and things and it looks, it looks really good. A plus. Like, it looks really good. A plus um, plus. A double yes. plus. Um, we, we get, I think a lot of people are going to be really excited about this. We get a Vesemir bathtub scene to copy the Geralt bathtub <laughs> yes, scene. we do. So, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are, are going to enjoy that. Yeah. Sexy uncle um, Vess in the bath. Yep, yep. And um mm-hmm. and then a little bit of a, a name drop, um, because they knew that we wouldn't recognize this person unless they name dropped them. Um apparently Vesemir has some sort of past relationship with uh Philavandril, mm-hmm. which for those who may not remember, Philavandril is from I believe the first book, first or second, um, where Geralt goes out to like the edge of the world and he meets that goat person uh-huh. with, with uh, Torqua. It's it's in the show. It's one of those episodes. Yeah. Where the goat. Yeah. He but, talks about how ugly he, he is. The What's wrong of, with your ugly face? Yeah. 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 And <laughs> he was the leader. Phil Evander was the leader of that like elven raiding party that was trying like out there trying to survive. Um, and so we're going to see a bit more into the relationship of him and Vesemir, I guess. So that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. And then uh, another thing I saw was it looks like we might see like the Battle of Kermoran, where like whenever they get attacked by the mob and they have to defend it. I think I think that's what that is. Yeah. So the the pacing of the trailer is really interesting too, the or the the way it's shown because we get like kid kids which uh, i b- believe we are seeing young vesemir uh, and then him getting older and then we <laughs> see lots of different types of monsters like lots of different types of monsters which i think is really cool especially for it being a movie instead of a series where you oh, yeah. like you would expect in a series that you would get like a different monster in every episode or two different monsters or whatever but you get li- lots of different monsters and then by the end of it you have like these witchers lined up with vesemir in the front and he's he's like he says something like ready lads you know and then they're, like they're getting their signs ready and they're all lined up and you're like oh what are they fighting and then they show a line of like regular human soldiers and you're like oh this is no yeah. good this is no good um yeah. so yeah we might be getting that for sure and and i got a i got an answer to my question because i remember one of the, the last times we talked about it is that it showed a lot of gold in like one of the teaser trailers mm-hmm. showed vesemir packing a lot of gold yeah and, and i was and a lot of muscles if he was greedy or if he was just making a lot of money from doing his stuff it seems like he's greedy it seems like young vesemir was greedy yeah he's um and I just want to like highlight a line that we get in it because I just like I got chills when they said it because we're looking off like the balcony of Kara Morhen down at this mob of people and then you get this line the only thing keeping them from hunting us are the scarier beasts we keep away yep yep as soon like, as as soon as we are no longer useful we become the monsters that they hunt yeah and that, that's exactly what we see yeah 
Oh man. I'm excited for this movie. This movie is going to be awesome. Yeah. It's going to be great. All right. Well, let's get back to the school of the cats and the stuff that toasty already spoiled. All right, here we go. (laughs) You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right. Yeah. All right, so we've got some uh, <laughs> we got some characteristics to talk about when it comes to the school of the cat. Uh, let's start diving into that. What do, what do we have? So the cats developed fighting styles focusing on speed, precision, and agility, which I think for anyone who's played The Witcher Three, you'd be familiar with that. Yeah, the gear sets all like we mentioned before reflect the certain aspects of each of the schools. Yep. One of these styles was Adan Anya, created by the elf Nisale. As a result, cat school witchers did not deal a lot of raw damage, but can inflict deadly critical hits. By extension, their gear was designed to maximize flexibility and provide the greatest possible range of motion. Like a ninja. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean kind of I, sure I mean, yeah like super fast and speedy in targeting vital areas right like yeah, not- yeah. one hit with a katana in the right spot and you're dead that's it mm. all, all you mm. need because the cats did not have a permanent home they performed their training wherever they could even within human cities the school's adepts would hone their balancing skills throughout their training period by walking a tightrope while blindfolded the walk would get higher as time went on, building towards the final trial where failure would be deadly. Okay. The original founders' ideas, ideals on which the school was created were lofty. They wanted to build a school which would surpass the order and earn them the respect of the people of the continent. Ideals that would later be abandoned. Because of their warped mutations and time among the seed, members of the cat school proved as flexible in terms of morals and politics as their armor. (laughs) Over time, they became pariahs, even among their fellow witches, due to taking contracts on not just monsters, but humans as well, with the latter going against the witcher's code. So... So it's almost like they became a school of assassins. I mean, really, like as you paint this picture, they uh, like critical hits. I mean, I was joking when I meant when I said like ninjas, but it's the, not really a joke, though. But it's like, re- not really a joke. Like real, like the the mythology of a ninja is different than the history of a ninja. Like the history of of the ninja wasn't these guys who wore black pajamas who snuck around at night with katanas and throwing stars and you know like like blow darts with poison and snuck around and assassinated rulers. Like that wasn't really the case. Most ninja were part of uh, the rebel rebellious, like worker class. And they looked just like any other workers. They would blend in with the commoners because they were the commoners and they didn't, they weren't trained warriors. They were regular common people who used regular common weapons and they would coordinate with other regular common workers to facilitate information. And in order to fight against the people that they wanted to, they would ambush them in places that were out in the open oftentimes. And, you know, would, you know, use information to their advantage and use very common things as weapons, not, you know, something like a katana blade, which is very expensive and hard to make and hard to be trained in, you know, so they were kind of the opposite of the mythology of the ninja. But in the mythology of the ninja, you have these like trained assassins who, uh, in the sense of say like uh, a hired mercenary or an assassin, it doesn't matter who hires them, right? They're like mm-hmm. like the flexibility of their armor. They it doesn't matter. They just get hired and they do their job and and that's what you're painting here, basically. I mean, that's what they did. I mean, when yeah. the school like basically straight out the gate when the school opened, they were like, yeah, we'll we'll do whatever. Like we'll we'll be assassins. We'll kill people. Like we don't care. Right. But it also makes sense for the whittling away of their emotions. Mm-hmm. This idea that like if emotions don't matter and you are paying somebody to kill somebody, then they have no feelings about it. Okay. You're paying me enough. I'll do it. 
Yeah, and, and that's, um, I mean, a lot of those mutations really did take effect. Like the cats represent that thing that all witchers try to be. Um, mm-hmm. Like they try to pretend to be emotionless. Cats really are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is why, this is why I'm a dog person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think my, my actual cats in real life are always plotting to kill me too. So yeah. You know, and if you died in real life, the chances are they would just eat you. I mean, I think, I think that's the same for a dog too. I mean, it is, but I think, I think a dog will wait longer, but once the dog is to the point where it's like, (laughs) I got to eat, it will eat you. (laughs) I looked this up one time and it's true. Like dogs and cats both probably would eat you, but I just, in my own, I just like to pretend that cats would eat you more. That doesn't even make any sense. Go on. Let's let's move on with this. (laughs) I mean, they're like predators. I mean, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Like dogs are omnivores than my dog would. Cats are. (laughs) Let's just move on. Really, really went somewhere else with that one. (laughs) As the school had no code of neutrality and cats even fought on the side of the ANC during the race wars as they displayed a more favorable attitude towards the elves. Some were known to use the elven word Doina, which when referring to humans, the school's founder Gezraz was known to say he would take a contract from an ANC over a Doina any day. I wonder if they didn't even consider themselves human anymore. Probably not. It seems like, I it. mean, like they're, they are now just other Probably. So we have a list of uh, notable members here. Do you want to kind of back and forth this like we did the other ones? Yeah. And, and I'm realizing now that I have a lot of the long ones, which is probably okay. But still. <laughs> uh, I, I could go first if you want. I could do the longer ones. Mm, yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Let's start it off. We've got Aiden, a good friend of Lambert, who we all should be aware of if you've played the games he was hired to kill the ogre of elander at the same time lambert was hired to lift the curse on it the ogre then killed lambert's employer so the two witchers worked together to kill it and split the money he became uh, it became obvious that he was nothing like the other cats he was later killed by jad Carradin when uh, who was hired by some courtiers who didn't want a curse lifted from the duke's daughter <laughs> Then next we have Axel, uh, which we mentioned before was one of those who died trying to defend the school from being taken over by the soldiers. Then we have Brian, known as the Cat of Lello. It's e- yellow. That's an I. Oh, it's an I. Yellow. Yeah. yeah otherwise, I'd be a, a lower cat of L. yellow. <laughs> yeah. Some you know, some fonts they don't do good jobs with L's and I's. Um, so a Cat of Lello. That sounds like yellow. somebody who can't pronounce yellow. <laughs> yellow <laughs> yellow yeah it's basically yellow sorry good um, the cat of lello <laughs> yellow uh he was a particularly nasty cat <laughs> he was a nasty cat <laughs> oh man i phrased it that way on purpose keep we've, going <laughs> we've got the sillies who had no qualms about killing he has a similar event to the Blaviken incident as Geralt, though far less justified. Geralt and he have a face down in the book Season of Storms, where the cat accuses Geralt of trying to steal the Striga contract. Geralt makes him back down and lets him know that should another yellow should should another yellow happen, sorry, Geralt would be more than willing to break the rule that states that witchers do not kill one another. While it is said that he didn't fight the Striga, but instead took the bribe and fled after seeing the Striga in action, it is actually a fact that he faced the Striga and lost, being buried by interested parties that fabricated the story to save face. Yeah, and so this is kind of an interesting thing that I realized is because we talked about that guy that was the school of the wolf. I can't remember his name. That was from the, the Netflix show that we saw like went, fought the Striga died and they kept saying that he stole the money and fled. Yeah. So basically he was, it was the same story as Brian, but it, I guess they put it in a different thing, which I think is, you know, kind of weird. Like it'd be cool to like introduce this guy, but mm-hmm. I mean, so it's essentially this guy, but they made him a school of the wolf instead. Um, right. 
it's probably then, easier to explain it on a show where you don't have the the depth to be able to explain it more that's true it'd be cool if we like run into it later and we get more of an idea or something who knows yeah uh, next we have cedric who just like axel died defending the school oh poor guys and then we have dragonfly Assigned to be killed at birth, Dragonfly was abandoned on the Gemarin coast. Gemarin coast, and later found by the same cat Witcher that claimed her through the law of surprise, though he was unaware of this. As you and you heard us right, as this was a successfully mutated female Witcher. What? Yeah, this is my first time learning what? this. Dragonfly was a woman, and she did take the mutations. Well, we do know that the cats were messing with the mutations, so maybe yeah, they they found... may have had better mutations. Like I said, they that's yeah. this is my thing that you said I spoiled. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they had better mutations because they successfully made a female Witcher, Whoa. like a full on female Witcher. So they 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 figured out a way to make it work, and 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 but the thing is, is that there's like that belief that a child of surprise is like more is, is, is beyond the, like a regular person. Mm, so, almost like they're almost like they are destined a child of destiny. Yes. So, mm. and so I'm wondering like, is it better mutations? I'm sure maybe, or is it because mm. she was a child of surprise? Mm, maybe. Next, we have Gaitan. Uh, many of you may be familiar with this one as he is present as a side quest character in The Witcher 3. He is contracted to kill a Leshen, being promised payment for such. But when the town is unable to provide the required sum, they attempt to murder him, to which he responds by killing the entire town in rage. Jerk. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with this quest. Um, uh, then we have Gezrez. We have talked about him already. But notably, he was a half-elf sold to the mages at Stiga. Uh, I I hadn't really... I can't remember any half-elf, like, witchers. To be honest. No. Like, most of the time, it was just, like, straight humans. So, I thought it was an interesting little, little detail. Kind yeah. of like a Yennefer story there, too, by the way. You know, we see Yennefer being sold away, and they talk about her being, like, of elven descent. And... Same thing here. Um, then we have Guzart. He did not take part in the conspiracy at the tournament and was arrested before the tournament massacre occurred. Yep. God. <laughs> uh, then uh, Jad Caradin, a retired member of the cat school. He lives in Novigrad with his wife and two adopted children. He enjoys walks on the beach. Uh, part of a quest you can I didn't do write that. <laughs> in Witcher 3. He is the murderer of Aiden and you can aid Lambert in choosing whether he lives or dies. Next, we have Joel, who, in, who informs Gaetan of the fall of the cat school and the deaths of Axel and Cedric and the missing Schrodinger. The, <laughs> the cat. Schrodinger's cat. Then we yeah. have uh, Kian, abducted by a mage called Iranius Var Steingard. This mage performed experiments on the Witcher, turned him into a crazed being known as Mad Kian, he was possibly possessed by a demon as referenced in the laboratory notebook. You fight him on a quest to find cat school gear in the Witcher three. Yeah. This is particularly like the quest where you're in like Novigrad and you got to go around the side of all the mountains and kind of like go along the cliffs and you find that little area and you fight that really flayed, like fleshy looking dude. That's this guy. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, he was messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Yummy. Um, next, we have Lexander harboring disdain for the Witcher lifestyle. He stole the plans for Grandmaster Cat Gear in the hopes of selling them and retiring in the South. Bargaining with an armorer in Toussaint, he lets slip his hiding place for the rest of the plans and is killed by Antoine Stragon and his haunts. That's what uh, happened to the cat school gear, by the way. Uh, uh, then we have Schrodinger. 
He developed an experiment in order to determine. Oh no, that's a different struggle. Um, he took part in the defense of the school. He was declared missing in action, so he could be dead or alive at this point in time. The only way for us to know is if we can determine if an atom is. No, wait, that's the Schrodinger's cat experiment. Um, sorry. They really went all in with the Schrodinger's totally, cat thing. They totally too, did. Is because you we guys, don't know if he exists because we don't know where he's at. Right. If you guys is, don't know what we're referencing, there's a famous uh, experiment called the Schrodinger's cat, which is has to do with knowing both what the location of an atom and the what is it the location of an atom it has to do with like quantum physics it's it's weird stuff but go look up schrodinger's cat it'll i can't remember off the top of my head but go look it up all right one more left next we have trays the focal cat behind the tournament massacre he was double crossed by king radowit and astragaris after ambushing the wolves all right and that's it that's all we got for the school of the cat. But like you said, there's some other stuff that you didn't put in here, which I'm sure will show up in some future episodes. Toasty, what are we, what are we covering next week? Um, I continue the conversation. Um, we got some, some, still some interesting schools left, uh, specifically the bear and the viper, which are actually pretty closely entwined together. So probably move on to that. Yeah, bear, the bear school, the viper school, and then we'll go on from there. And uh, we're getting closer and closer to this Witcher movie coming out. So that's going to be such a weird day for us. Yeah, because it's on a Monday. The movie drops on a Monday, which means that I have to. What time? I don't know. Do we want to? Do we want to do the show on a Tuesday so we have so we can watch it on the Monday and then talk about it on Tuesday? Look, depending on what time I'm in, because I'm probably going to have to work too. So, I mean, I can do it, but let's do it on Tuesday. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We might have to do that that episode on a Tuesday instead. Uh, we'll figure it out as it, as we get closer. Um, but uh, you got anything else going on that you want to talk about? You you were on the uh, Cyberpunk podcast recently. Yeah. So if you want to hear more of my uh, incredibly boring deep voice, um <laughs> You can go listen to me be just as incredibly boring voiced. I just, <laughs> I, I just talked to Almighty, who runs. Uh, he's one of the guys that runs that podcast. The Cyberpunked podcast is a a tabletop live action podcast where they play Cyberpunk Red. And Toasty got to guest on it, and he said that you guys had a great time. You got to play. Oh, yeah, it was so much fun. I you got to play Calico. a Corpo, right? Yes, the yeah. Corpo. So yeah. that's my character from a game that I'm playing in with a, with a group of people. So instead of making like a new character, I was like, I'm just going to port this in. Um, and my, my, my referee actually said that anything I do on the cyberpunk podcast is canonical to her story. So, nice. so the universe has now become entwined. So nice. yeah, no. Um, yeah. I had a great time. Um, it, it just dropped yesterday for anyone who wants to go listen. Um, if you want to hear almighty, uh, like in pain the entire session <laughs> we accomplish it so good it's incredible yeah so um that's that podcast has been going for how many episodes now the 10 that was a 10th okay. episode just dropped yeah i was thinking like eight or nine but 10 okay um so yeah go check that out that that show is on the robots radio rocket club it's a there's a bunch of shows that are part of the robots radio n- n- network but then there are newer shows who have signed up as part of the rocket club and i meet with them every week and i help mentor them and they've been doing awesome these shows have been yeah. you know building big audiences and i've been helping them cultivate how they do their shows and how they market their shows and how they produce their shows how they design their shows all the stuff that a lot of people who get into podcasting don't really know how to do to start out with so if you're interested in any of that stuff go check out the uh, robotsradio.net website there's a whole rocket club section that talks about all the stuff that we do and how i can help you start out your own show so go check that out but definitely go check out the cyberpunk show if you're into cyberpunk if you're into tabletop games and you're into some wacky hijinks these guys are awesome and you can hear toasty play his character and do some awesome things that i'm their biggest fan Um, i I actually am i think (laughs) they've like confirmed it so (laughs) i also talked with them today i talked with almighty today about trying to get um them in contact with uh 
because we had uh, Cody Pondsmith on mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I've got some good connections with Jay Gray from Art Elsorian. Um, and Arch Elsorian does the cyberpunk stuff. They do the cyberpunk red. They make all that stuff. And, and Witcher stuff. And Witcher stuff. So I was like, oh, I was like, uh, and then he's, he's a little hesitant. He's like, well, I got to make sure our referee's cool with it. You know, all this stuff. But I was like, I was like, it'd be really cool to get one of those guys on your show to guest. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I'll see. And he's getting, he's going to, he's, he's going to hate me for bringing Sounds it up nervous. on the Sounds podcast. Super nervous. <laughs> I really it's think, they, I really Ray think they should Cody do it. Are cool. I know like, they're cool. They're not, I don't know if they have time to do it, but that's true. You know, they, I'm sure they have a hundred million other things to do, but it would be really cool if it were to happen, you know, or just to, you know, just reach out and, you know, make contact with them and because they're cool people. Um, mm-hmm. but anyway, uh, I think that'd be really cool. So anyway, I've got the Xbox game pass show coming up next in about 30 minutes. So I'll be back after that. And uh, thank you for being here live, live show people on twitch.tv slash robots radio. And um, I'll be back in a little bit. I think that's all we got for today. Toasty, thanks for being here. Thanks for putting together show notes and um, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, hopefully uh, you've been doing better. I know you've been yeah, yeah, a bit I, of a struggle. So hopefully yeah, I had a better. combination of came down with a cold, which although I tested negative for COVID, um, and I, I had, I was vaccinated. Um, I think it still probably was COVID. Sometimes those come back negative even when they're not. Well, because with Delta strain going around, it's kind of running rampant now. So yeah, I think I might've gotten something that was mutated in a way that it just didn't come out positive maybe because it was pretty, it was pretty rough. And then um, had like a series of migraines that lasted like five days straight and then switched my medication, which was like messing with my head too. So I had like two weeks of like hell, which was, terrible <laughs> and then finally everything kind of got better and so i've been doing better over the last few days so thank you um but yeah thanks everybody for their patience with everything so um but yeah all right i'll be back in a little bit see you guys mm-hmm. next time later everyone bye, bye. Thanks for tuning in to The Witcher Lorecast. We'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything. Please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Do you like adventure? Yeah. Do you like laughing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D&D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent. You're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Amarin. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Are you into the cyberpunk tabletop games or excited for Cyberpunk 2077? Are you looking to brush up on the lore, stay up on all the latest news, and talk about the game when it comes out? Check out the Cyberpunk Lorecast, a show from Robots Radio with me, your host, Robots. We'll go over all the details you need to know about the world, characters, and story of cyberpunk. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere else you get your podcasts.